0: The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaban, on another Friday evening, another edition of Friday Night Live on the 31st of January. 2020, uh, corresponding to the 29th of Jamaat uh, right at the end of Jamaat sani 1441, we find ourselves. As usual, we are broadcasting live on uh, Luton Inspire FM 105.1 FM and also broadcasting live to, across our sister stations nationally, Sheffield Link FM. Salam alaikum to the people of Sheffield, Peterborough, Salaam, Derby, Nottingham. And many of the other great places uh, where people are tuning in to us via the Inspire FM app, or of course, tuning in to us via Facebook. Assalamualaikum to all of you, our listeners, wherever you are listening from uh you know, trying to get in, involved in today's discussion 01582481822 join today's discussion 01582481822 i've got some fantastic topics lined up i'm sure you're going to have a thought or an opinion on these subjects today uh 0779481822, 0779481822 is the number for your social media messages uh, so either way do participate do get, do get involved we like an active listenership uh we we also appreciate our passive listenership but let's show that we we actually value uh you know our contribution we value getting our voices heard across the national you know and national media and national outlets 015824818 Inshallah, 02 of course Juman Mubarak to all of our listeners uh, today inshallah we're gonna be speaking to uh, Islam 21c. So we've had Islam 21c on, on the radio on, on Friday Night Live uh, several times before. Uh, I believe we're gonna be speaking to MP also. I think I think it's a first for MPAC on, on Friday Night Live. We're gonna we've got a correspondent from Middle East Eye. Uh, and we've got a couple of studio guests. We're gonna have Dr. Tahir Mahmood who's a local GP here uh, later. Discussing the, the all important coronavirus uh, update. And we're gonna have some local climate environment activists also joining me here in the studio, right? A uh, number of stories we're gonna be covering uh, this evening, inshallah. We're gonna kick off with a, a very interesting conversation, interesting story. I don't know if this has caught your attention. If it has, let me know. If it hasn't, also, I want to hear your thoughts. Why are Muslim imams, Muslim imams and institutions, some Islamic institutions, normalizing relations, right, with pro-Zionists? with pro-zionists right that's it you hear me correctly some muslim imams some muslim institutions and masajids tr- you know seeking to normalize relations with pro-zionist institutions what's going on shouldn't they be doing that should they be doing that we've speak to the for and against proponents we're going to be speaking to impact who have been leading a campaign on this particular subject matter uh, we're also going to be covering uh, tr- you may have seen in the news uh trump unveiling his middle east plan middle east plan for Palestine is that a plan of the century or is that a catastrophe or is that you know is is, is is that a plan that's the question I'm going to be asking I'm going to be speaking to a, a correspondent from Middle East I and then of course in the second hour of the show we are going to be discussing the coronavirus uh, and we're, we're going to be getting an update, we're going to be taking some questions from a, from a GP and also looking at a, a wider implications around this virus. Of course it has you know, caused alarm bells, a lot of potential panic, a lot of questions in the minds of a lot of the people. So let's take some of those questions and let's see if we can answer some of those questions for you this evening. And last but not least we're going to be discussing environment and climate you know, change. Right, and what does that mean for me and you? What does that mean for us as a community? What does that mean for me as a household? As, as a household, what can we do? Right, what can we do to do our part within the climate and environment challenge that we are facing as a na- as, as a nation, as we are facing as a as a humanity, right? As human beings. So we're gonna be discussing that in the last hour, and we've got a number of guests that are gonna be coming in to discuss that with us in detail. So that's the lineup this evening Oh one five eight two four eight one eight double two zero triple seven nine four. 481-822 is the number here in the studio. All right, let's go straight to our lead uh, uh, lead story uh, or our first story that we're going to be covering this evening. And, and as I said earlier, this is with regards to some Islam, some Muslim institutions, uh, some Muslim imams, you know, that have been recently caught out to be getting very cosy, and getting into bed with pro-Israel you know, pro-Zionist kind of organizations, right? Uh, and that definitely raises some eyebrows, right? It r- definitely raises some questions, what's going on? And you'll be actually quite alarmed to understand that it was actually the London Central Mosque, in this particular case, Regent Park Mosque, well-known masajid, and also a well-known imam, uh, Qadi Asim, okay? Hafiz Asim from Leeds, uh, is, is Leeds uh, one of the Leeds masjids, who were due to participate uh, on, a, on a, due to participate in an event uh, was sitting on the on the panel was going to be of course the board of deputies of British Jews, who is a very pro-Israel, pro-Zionist organization, institution. Now, the subject matter of discussion was going to be the plight of the Uyghur Muslims. Now, it sounds very interesting. It sounds, you know, what's wrong with that? They're discussing the oppression of the Muslims in Uyghur, right? Uh, In in, uh, The Uyghur Muslims in in China. So you would think that that, that's something which is is fine. But hang, hang on, hang on. It is the pro Israel board of deputies of British Jews sharing a platform with Regent's Park Masjid and Qadi Asim. We've got on the on the phone Imran Shah, who is from the MPAC, uh, spokesman for MPAC, who's going to hopefully shed some light on what's happening over here. Imran uh, Shah, assalamualaikum Alaikum, and welcome to Friday Night Live on Inspire FM. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Right, uh, Imran, can you can you shed some light on what's happening here, you know, Muslim imams, uh, Muslim institutions are trying to seek normalization of relationships with these pro zionist organizations. what's happening? What's wrong with that?
0: So in the first, in the last 12 months, we've done two campaigns on this issue. This uh, one with the Board of Deputies and Gary Asim was the second one, and it's, uh, it's the most recent one. So with that, it was the Board of Deputies themselves organizing an event. Um, again, like you said, about the genocide the that's happening, the the, the cleansing um, and the re-education camps of Uighur uh, Muslims there in Inshan, Regent's Park Masjid was... Down to host it, they pulled out after a lot of public pressure, and uh, now they said that we've actually pulled out because we've got lots of a very busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the the people that actually push for that are, are saying that actually no, they're just saying that to save face. Um, but despite that, Garegin still was down to share a platform when it was rescheduled in the House of Commons. Now, our campaign is to ask why. You know mm. why to bring that light of accountability on this issue because for the vast majority of muslims in the uk and indeed the world liaising with those who support actively support israel and its occupation um is a is a firm red line and if we don't collectively say no publicly then that line will continuously be crossed over and over and it will, will become the new normal and the one of the key things I really want your listeners to understand is that when we talk about Zionism now it's not just about the Palestinians anymore.
2: Mm. Academics
0: have long proven over the past uh, 15 years that Islamophobia here in the West including the UK the biggest pushers are Zionists and when you look at India the rise of Hindu nationalism not just in India but also here Modi BJP they've had massive backing from Israel mm. especially on the escalation of Kashmir so the issue of Zionism is not just the Palestinian focus issue now it's a direct problem for us here in the UK and around the world and when we're talking about imams here in the UK breaking bread with Zionists that context cannot be ignored
1: either yeah yeah right uh, okay so uh, uh, thanks for that Imran uh, you've you set the scene well uh, I, I, mean, I mean it does seem quite alarming isn't it because initially you might give give these individuals or some of these institutions a benefit of doubt that you know people are coming together to discuss to discuss a common interest, a common cause And that is the oppression of the Uyghur Muslims But ha- hang on, when I, when I looked at this you know, for, for a moment It's almost the oppressor telling another oppressor You're an oppressor
0: Exactly, like they would never do a- the same event yeah. For the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians They would mm. never do
2: that
0: mm. uh, And so for them to champion another genocide yeah. of Muslims, that is tactical. They're doing that on purpose in order to tr- essentially split the loyalty of different causes so yeah. if we the muslims and to be honest we as muslims here in the uk we've got to take ownership of this like mm. we haven't quickly enough and so if we the muslims feel that they're getting more reception by zionists that falls upon us as well that's mm. that's a side point but really what they're doing they're taking advantage of that and be like well let's focus on this uh, it's, it's in our um, allies interest in the West to attack China fair enough um, and let's use this as a means to be like hey we care about Muslims and and, and Muslim issues yeah. um, uh, even though we support Israel so work with us right so, that's the that's the soft power the power play that they're, they're trying to use it,
1: it's, it's a very cunning political game I, I, I get that but but what's been the response from the likes of Kari Asim I mean I know Kari Asim personally I've known him for you know ever since he came from from pakistan i'm originally from leeds myself has has there been a response from you know qari asking in terms of why he feels it necessary to share a platform with an organization which is clearly pro-israel and pro-zionist
0: so this is the thing is that um, when we try to question imams on this on this issue and garyasim's not the first one they mm. generally tried not to respond so there hasn't mm. been a direct answering as to why and when we asked uh, his uh, masjid uh, maki masjid yeah. as well as minab where he's a uh,
2: yeah.
0: a chairman of yeah. they basically um uh, maki Masjid put up a tweet saying that we support this
1: uh uh, ima- uh, uh in doing this and yeah. Uh, and, and Minab basically retweeted it. I, 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 I'm pretty. Tweet, I'm, so. Yeah, Imran, I'm pretty convinced that if you if you spoke to them to see whether they are actually in favor of Trump's latest obnoxious Palestinian deal of the century proposal, they'll probably also s- support Trump too in the, in his in his audacious uh, you know you know proposal on on so called Palestinian deal of the century.
0: Well, this is something that I would I, we should ask. Uh, the likes of Gary them to be like, are you using that relationship to say mm. like, this? Uh, do you demand um, that any? Uh, are you demanding any action mm. to be taking against, uh, condemning or against this deal directly? Like, uh, is the uh, you as Zionists are you doing that? And wow. if they're, if they're not using that relationship for that aim, then what we see then is just a one-way relationship in which they are being used as soft propaganda for Israel.
1: I know, I'm. Absolutely, because I I, I think, uh, to, let, let's be fair to Kari he's not here to defend himself, right? Uh, and, and I know you've reached out and and they haven't been forthcoming in terms of giving a response to him. But you know, there they, they may be a counter argument that look, we're using that platform to further a conversation on, you know, uh, Israel's stance towards the Palestinians. Do, do you actually buy that at all?
0: I don't because when we looked at the previous campaign, I'll, I'll tell you what happened with the previous mm. campaign. You had um, Imam Ashraf Hussain from Karima Institute. You had yeah. Uh, this
1: Imam is the visit Imam. to Israel, right? Yeah, so uh,
0: these Imams visited Jerusalem in particular. Mm. So Imam Ghulam for, uh, in uh, he's the founder of Fizan Islam. He's also spokesperson for Jama'at al-Sunnah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sheikh Mohammed Asra, uh, who's an Imam from Bradford. So uh-huh. they went on a trip for Jerusalem, and they uh, met individuals who they said at the time they didn't know that, that they were Israeli lobbyists. So a, a very infamous organization called the AJC, American yeah. Jewish Congress.
1: I don't I don't buy it for a moment
0: Yeah, so I mean that's what they said uh, Mm. uh, initially a few weeks later um, a Tweet came out by the Israeli embassy in the UK stated that their people escorted the imams around Jerusalem Now Mm. that's cast dying proof. that they are being used by a Absolutely Absolutely. uh, 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 Israeli the Israeli state in particular. Yeah full propaganda for for the individual. absolutely i
1: don't don't buy, don't buy it at all ignorance is, is not a is, is not an excuse here to you know being politically used and, and that's my point here it's very clear uh, where the, potentially the pressure of normalization here is coming from right i mean this is this is this is a, like a government sponsored almost uh, initiative a lot of these are right uh, so it's very clear what the government agenda is and, and where where the pressure is coming from i mean do you agree uh, imran
0: Yeah, I mean, there's two key facts from this that I found particularly interesting. Uh, One of the imams started to doubt the effectiveness of BDS, uh, boycott, divestment and sanctions. Now, we know BDS is effective because it works in South Africa. The idea is to make the occupation... Um, not profitable like you can spin bad politics hmm. but when the economics is bad you can't spin that call that has real impact on the ground hmm. and that's why is the Israeli lobby is trying so hard to ban it in the UK in the US and across Europe it's actually Correct. in
2: hmm. uh, the
0: Tory manifesto yep.
2: um
0: in the recent election to ban it in the UK hmm. so the imam gave no reason as to why he doubted it, but this is something
1: that w- which imam, imam was this su- supporting uh, uh, the, the campaign against BDS it's uh, so he hasn't he hasn't supported the campaign right. against
0: BDS. He just said he want, he had doubts as to whether it was effective. right, right. right, right. Uh, Sheikh Mohammed Asra.
2: Right, the second right,
0: fact is that he was a replacement for another Imam to go on that trip and that Imam was Imam Qari
2: Asim. Hmm. So,
0: so you have yeah, 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 yeah. you have there's something much more deeper here than just simply random okay. sort of
1: trips this is it, a consistent in very quickly we're, we're unfortunately running running out of time what about the private one to one nasiha some of my listeners might be uh, might be listening to us right and they may be thinking look well, what's all this exposé what what's this discussing this in the in the public domain you know what about the one to one private nasiha have you gone down that route to to give this nasiha to these individuals
0: So we only go down the public route when we know other people have talked to them privately. Uh, And we know that's the case when it came to these imams and also when it came to Qariyassim. So um, with the trip in Jerusalem that happened already so the damage has been done. So Mm. for us to assert that red line Mm. publicly we had to essentially make it public. And for Gary Asim, there's been many people around him saying that this is not good. Mm. And the thing is, is that the the, the public accountability is critical here um, because what we have here is a religious leadership that is so used to doing whatever they want. uh, whenever they want to do it uh, and so when they are uh, when it comes to public accountability they treat it with contempt. they don't even deal with it mm. and it's maddening because we live in a society where public bodies public representatives are held to account as a normal if, if not encouraged if something yeah. is wrong with your NHS or your local council you'll be emboldened to be like no I need to at least yeah. speak out yeah. Yeah, when it comes to our religious leadership mm. we we kind of give them a special yeah, yeah. and yeah. what that does to really bring it home what that does it creates a culture where these imams are more Answerable to Zionists than they are to us. Yeah, and that is—is that what we want? We want—we mm. want imams <clears throat> to be of that shape and of that ilk. Of course mm. not. So things have to change.
1: Right. L- last quick question, Imran. Is it political naivety on, on behalf of you know whether it's the the, the uh, Regent's Park Masjid, the you know London Central Masjid, or or, or Qari Asim? Is, is it political naivety do you think that they they, they fail to realise that they've been political pawns and being used, or is there ulterior you know motives is it well paid is is a government you know you know you know affording them you know certain you know you know i don't know status and certain you know you know i don't know benefits you know where's the pressure of normalization coming from do you think
0: i do think that um some of these imams are naive. They mm. they uh, rightly have a, a sort of focus on trying to bring communities together, yeah. and I think that is leveraged. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know to how deep, um, where they actually are collaborating and using it for their own self-interest. Right. When it comes to Regent's Park Mosque, which is mm. interesting, because a lot of their funding comes from Saudi, yeah. and we also know that Saudi has been pushing very hard to normalise relationships with Israel. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that element of it, but mm. there's also the element. Of um, from uh, Hamza Youssef and and UFD and MBZ. and, BZ, um, and um, you know there has been meetings between Gari Asim and, and and the the, the quote unquote uh, Sufis um, some people call them Sufis some people will not um, and um, there has been those top those conversations there so this there is this network of we need to normalise this geopolitical network. Uh, um, uh, network of we need to normalize relationships with Israel and that's
3: impacting
1: oh. uh, uh, the, uh, our community. Okay, Imran Shah from MPAC Spokesman for MPAC, thank you very much for joining us this evening and, and shedding light on this particular issue. Thank you very much, Imran. Thank you Thank you Right listeners That was Imran Sharp Spokesman for MPAC And that's a very Interesting conversation That I was having uh, With Imran uh, I want to I thank Some of my listeners Who have got in touch uh, We've got a I, I don't know I don't know the name Of this brother But Salam brother Amazing show as always Jazakallah Great topic It is so sad That many of our So-called scholars Have become Alright uh, Sellouts In, in essence uh, Of course they would Because we are no longer an ummah. Alright, so that's interesting. So called scholars. Uh, you know, and, and the opinion that this brother is sharing, which is that you know, we're becoming you know, some of some of these scholars are becoming or are very politically naive to put it best, right? I want to get your thoughts on this. Oh one five eight two four eight one eight double two zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two. We are gonna move on to our next topic immediately because we're already running out of time, and that is Trump unveils his Middle Eastern plan amid Palestinian rejections. And that's an incredible story, some of you may have followed that story this week right I mean, I've got Chloe uh, Benoist, uh, news editor and writer for the Middle, Middle East. I, that I'm going to be speaking to, who's you know, which uh, the, w- w- the organisation who, who has of who have deconstructed the 181-page plan to give us some kind of a sense of what the proposals are. Uh, but of course, the Palestinian leaders have already rejected it, and it's quite obnoxious and and very very outrageous, almost preposterous for Trump's so-called deal of the century, so-called deal of the century. And, and whether it actually lends itself any credibility at all. Let's go straight to Chloe. Chloe, uh, good evening and thank you, thank you very much for joining us on Friday Night Live. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. Uh, Chloe, I mean, you've looked at this uh, so-called uh, deal of the century and, and you've, you've analysed 181 pages as, as of, uh, a lot of the other political commentators out there. What, what do you make of this? Is this any so-called realistic plan which is going to be worthy of consideration by the Palestinians?
4: Um, I mean, no. Um, right. So so basically, um, the Trump administration has been touting this as a peace plan for three years. Um, but I, I think uh, no kind of honest observer can actually call it a peace plan. Uh, what it is essentially is an Israeli wish list yeah. um, and, and a call for capitulation for Palestinians. Um, it's worth pointing out that Palestinian leadership has refused to cooperate with uh, the Trump administration on this plan for years, yeah. um, pretty much since uh, they've seen that the Trump administration um, has a strong support, uh, strongly supports um, kind of right-wing Israeli figures like hmm. Prime Minister Netanyahu. And uh, indeed, the plan very much comes off as uh, taking off uh, the list, the checklist of everything uh,
1: Netanyahu and other right-wingers uh, want. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean my next qu- question to you, Chloe, is: I mean, what allows uh, Trump to be so audacious? I mean, I mean, it's in- quite incredible in terms of just, p- in essence, pulling out the Israeli checklist and saying, "Here, to, uh, here it is pal- to the Palestinians. This is what you need to accept, and this is this is the so-called peace deal." I mean, it, that's very obnoxious uh, or very audacious of Trump to be, you know, to to, to do that.
4: Um, Yeah, well, I think uh, in order to understand the plan, I think you need to perhaps look a bit more at Trump's domestic considerations. Yeah. Um, He's certainly kind of made a name for himself and gotten a lot of support in the United States um, from certain swaths of population, including especially um, his evangelist base, um, so who are very strongly uh, pro-Israel. Um, And um, it's also worth remembering that a lot of uh, Trump's political uh, entourage is also very pro-Israel, very pro-settlement. His son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is the one who's uh, come up with the plan, and he's uh, he's well known for his support of settlements, Um, it's also, we should also remember that this week uh, Trump has been going through an impeachment trial,
2: yeah.
4: um, and Netanyahu, who is currently under investigation and is being yeah. charged with corruption, is also looking at elections
2: mm. in March. Mm.
4: So the timing of the release of the full plan this week certainly isn't a uh, coincidence.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, th- th- that was going to be my next question you've already answered it, which is domestic politics versus actually uh, you know any genuine attempt to actually address the Palestinian Israel issue. I mean it's it seems like the the whole political stunt around the 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 launch of this uh, piece, so-called, you know, uh, deal of the century is all about poli- domestic politics as opposed to anything else.
4: Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's true. Um but I think it, in some way um we can see some kind of positive aspects to this plan being released. Um, obviously, it's um, it's very appalling, and I, I hope a lot of people who who are reading it are are being a bit shocked by it. Um, mm. I but but instead of uh, kind of seeing it as a, a catastrophe that's happening in the future, it's worth um, kind of putting it in perspective for this plan to be uh, fully implemented, it would need Palestinian consent, which it won't get. Um, but then it's also worth remi- reminding people that a lot of what is in this plan has um, already been implemented on the ground for yeah. years. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: what the, the essence of the plan is basically consolidating uh, the occupation, which has long been kind of portrayed as a temporary situation that's yeah. lasted for half a century. Um, And uh, so the positive side of this is that now we have a very clear view of uh, what is the dream solution for Israel, and obviously uh, that solution flies in the face of international law.
2: Um,
4: And uh, I think uh, what this also shows, I think, is uh, hopefully that this will show that um, all this talk of two-state solutions that's been going on for a very long time, um, this is a two-state solution that's right. being proposed now. And Palestinians for years have been talking about how creating annexation and you know settlement building and uh, kind of military Israeli control um, has made a two-state solution
1: right. possible. So, Cl- Chloe, yeah. th- th- unfortunately we've run out of time. Uh, unfortunately, okay. but, but thank you very much for joining us this evening on Friday Night Live. Nice. Thank you very much for, for for your analysis and comments. Thank you very much. Uh, that that was Chloe Benoist from the Middle East Eye discussing Trump's unveiling of the Middle East plan. We're going to go into a commercial break. We'll be back in in a couple of minutes. Until then, assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to InspireFM.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shahbaan on uh, Luton Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Uh, we're back for the second half an hour of the show, and we are discussing uh, a number of key issues, key stories we're going to be covering this evening. First half an hour, we we in fact covered two stories. We were discussing uh, why some uh, Muslim imams and institutions are normalizing relations with pro-Zionists. So that was a very interesting topic we were discussing with Impact, uh, with Impact. And then, of course, we were discussing uh, Trump unveiling his latest audacious Middle East plan. Uh, you know, which has been described by Chloe from the middle east eye as an israeli checklist right checklist or a wish list rather i think she said wish list is, is the word that she used so a very audacious obnoxious you know proposal by trump of course more for domestic political consumption uh, as is also domestic political consumption in israel for netanyahu both are leaders of course facing pressures at the moment and therefore a bit of a diversion tactics according to a lot of the political commentators and analysts but i don't know if you If you've followed it and what your thoughts are, I want to hear your thoughts 01582481822077941822 is the number here in the studio We are moving on, we're going to be moving on to our next story Which has been making headlines across the world And of course is nothing other than the coronavirus epidemic That is currently, you know, taking the world by storm And of course emanating from China I'm sure there's a lot of panic, a lot of questions that people have in their minds a lot of conversations that are happening earlier. There was a conversation I was having with a uh, with a uh, sitting in the coffee shop here in Luton. Uh, I don't think it was funny, but there has been a photoshopped version of uh, a news alert going around. Uh, you know, uh, going around, which is sh- which is a pr- apparently purporting a case in Luton, which of course is, there isn't a case in Luton, and I don't think that's funny, so, and I don't think that it's something that we should be you know taking so lightly, especially uh, such a serious issue. But anyway. Uh, there are are a lot of questions out there two uk cases have been confirmed The who have declared the outbreak a global emergency on thursday flights to and china suspended Uh, a flight carrying 83 britons and 27 foreign nationals from wuhan in china has landed in the uk 213 deaths so far and uh, you know and the list goes on so a lot of questions in the minds of a lot of our listeners so we've we've got a number of experts that we've got today In, in the next half now we're going to be discussing with them uh, we're going to hopefully try to shed a bit of a light around it in terms of from a medical perspective also from a you know from a, a, yeah, from a perspective of the disease and the origins of the disease potential origins of the disease we're going to try to get a live update from China itself There's a, we've got a correspondent Yasser Masood uh, who's a senior international relations analyst he's actually based in Beijing and we'll try to speak to him to find out firsthand, primary update in terms of what is the what, what is happening on the ground. But here in the studio I've got, uh, let me welcome uh, Dr. Uh, Tahir Mahmoud Saab As-salamu As-salamu Thank you very much. Thank you man. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. and of course, you've brought a fantastic guest along with yourself, uh, Mr. Mark White.
5: Uh, evening, Salaam. Evening,
1: Wa Salam, and, and welcome to Friday Night Live, Mark. First time for you here in the studio. Indeed,
5: yes, yeah.
1: All right, so so let's go straight to firstly Dr. Tahir, whilst we wait for our other guests to, to come on, on online uh, with us, uh, Dr. Tahir sub. So a lot of questions, a, a lot of concern in the minds of a lot of you know listeners. Uh, you know what's happening. What what is the probability? What are the chances of that of, of course coming here into mainland UK? Two cases already confirmed. Uh, cause for panic and and an alarm or. Uh, should, should, should we be a bit more cautious?
6: Thank you, thank you very much for selecting this topic, I think that was the very timely topic and uh, um, uh, is going to spread a message across the Luton community minimum yeah. because I think people listening to outside Luton as well um, um, uh, the anxiety out there is understandable yeah. and the, uh, the amount of uh, epidemic has it already and caused casualties uh, all over the world yeah. um, is huge and I don't uh, think that we need to undermine the people's anxiety, but having said that, um, UK has got a very good record of tackling these kind of epidemics very, very effectively. Right. Take the example of SARS a few, few years ago. Yeah. And we have got very good infrastructures, NHS, available. Mm-hmm. Um, guidelines and pathways have, uh, have already been established All in right. the community, and people mm-hmm. uh, like in the primary care, secondary care, uh, secondary care, they know what they have to do when they have to come across um, uh, any kind of uh, uh, overwhelming uh, illness in the community. Right. How, having said that, however, mm-hmm. um, there is no report of uh, any person infected with coronavirus in the Luton Bedfish area. Correct. Uh, there are a couple of cases. Two cases are probably have been announced in the UK yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for, for that, uh, Dr. Tahir Sam And just generally, I mean, okay, so that's good. There's only two cases, uh, and the UK authorities, of course, even the the Chief Medical Officer earlier and, and the NHS have uh, made. Uh, I've given very clear statements that they're ready and able to, of course, address any, any particular issue uh, in terms of a- anyone who thinks that they've got a, you know, some of the, you know, likely kind of, uh, let's say, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, feel, you know, thoughts or, or feelings. What, what, what do they need to do if they if, that they if, some if someone symptoms,
6: has got, come across someone with yeah. the symptoms like yeah. any any connection with Wuhan or any co- connection with the, someone who has been infected with it. Yeah. So best thing is to do not do anything. Do not go to the hospital or the surgery outside. Mm. Stay at home, make contact and you will be tackled very effectively yeah. um, because doctors are not supposed to examine you when you were suspected.
1: Yeah, um, I, I mean, th- th- my point is, it could be genuinely confused, right? Someone's just got, you know, feeling a fever, feeling a bit, you know, uh, you know, uh, let's say, you know, got, you know, temperature or some of the other kind of uh, symptoms that may be very common, right? And the, you know, yeah, so they yeah, shouldn't, yeah, they this, shouldn't this
6: coronavirus along. is not different. The symptoms are not different from the uh, any cold and uh, virus flu-like symptoms. Yeah, yeah. But if someone has got connection or travel to that yeah, place, yeah. then they need to be very very careful. Yeah, of course. Okay, fine.
1: Alright, so we've also got Dr. Salman, uh, but on the the phone of course, Salman, studied biochemistry at Imperial College London, uh, followed by a PhD in chemical biology. Assalamu alaikum Dr. Salman and, and welcome to Friday Night Live. Alaikum thanks for having me. J- JazakAllah for joining us. So we've got Dr. Tahir Mahmood in the studio uh, uh, here. Uh, you, you probably have just heard some of the conversations that we've had with Dr. Tahir. And, and that's more from a medical perspective, in terms of you know the, 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 the panic and, and, and I'm sure that the question uh, questions that are in the minds of a lot of our listeners. Uh, uh, there's another perspective that I want to take from, from this, and, and that is to what extent are, are many of these recent viruses or, or kind of illnesses that we're seeing, you know, man made. You know, previously what I mean by that. That is previously we've had you know the mad cow disease and, 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 and that was attributed towards some of the practices of individuals trying to cut corner and, and, and you know putting profit before health we've looked at the human lifestyles and how they have become very very rampant you know recently you know in terms of you know the, the, the type of lifestyles that we're, we're, we're choosing to, to, to live that leading to certain kind of transmitted diseases etc etc to what extent are these viruses man-made Dr. Salman?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of misinformation uh, online and stuff about you know uh, the origins of these viruses and, and so forth. Um, I mean, viruses uh, have been around for millions of years. They they, they, they mutate regularly, and uh, even coronavirus is something you know not rare for us in the UK. It's just this strain, yeah, um, you know that uh, we're not we're not our bodies aren't used to. Uh, fighting of that as easily as, as as normal but it's important not to panic or anything you know i had a uh on on this week's uh, sound 21 unscripted podcast we had dr iman qureshi who's a, a consultant in infection uh right. clinical microbiologist and you know he was trying to count down the situation as well you know that right. nothing to you know worry about or anything there's yeah. You know, uh, the, the, yeah, viruses they 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 have been around for, yeah. Uh, you know, the the different uh, types have been around for many years, but uh, they just naturally mutate uh, as, a, as everything does, yeah. really. So, so he,
1: uh, here,
3: the,
1: mutate, um, yeah. So, so here, the doctor, doctor Saman, the question here is that you know, there's you, you've probably read yourself, uh, apparently some reports suggesting its root cause was you know some of the wild animal markets, right? You know, which China is very mm-hmm. infamous for, right? And and especially. <laughs> (laughs) specifically bad snakes being traded consumed and a lot of people pointing fingers towards that kind of practice right i mean and these are some of these viruses are the ones that are are quite well primarily prevalent within animals and then being transmitted on over onto humans can you shed a bit of light on 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 that for our for our listeners
3: yeah i mean it's hard to say with any certainty regards to this outbreak in particular but Mm. it's well known that you know, obviously, you are what you eat, so um, if we're not careful with our, you know, uh, how we raise our animals, how we slaughter them, how we uh, cook them and look after them and so forth, then there, there's always that um, that uh, threat, you know, of, mm. uh, of uh, you know, poor hygiene standards and that kind of stuff, kind of uh, affecting us, impacting us.
2: Mm. Um,
3: when it comes to this one, though, there's a lot of kind of theories floating around online and researchers are uh, are working on this to to identify and um, their primary concern is just to you know try and make some kind of a vaccine for it or something
1: right
3: Um, yeah it's it's hard and it's not it's not very useful um, to speculate anyway because um, we have to be a bit sensitive as well as to some things are just different cultures do things differently right so I mean people here I mean, um, where our parents are from they regard eating pigs, for example, as something so disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's you know normal in this society here. So right, likewise yeah. we we regard, you know, as eating snakes and the like kinda yes. quite disgusting as Okay. Well,
1: but, All right, so that that's likewise, an interesting right, yeah. interesting thought. I right, we'll go we'll come back to you, Dr. Salman JazakAllah for your patience. Uh, Dr. Salman, so yeah. you, you you said you covered that earlier in, in your in your podcast. what were the other kind of perspectives that you were looking at this uh, this uh, subject matter from?
3: Yeah, so um, there's also the uh, just general. Generally, uh, you know, we should be careful um, with our kind of personal hygiene and that kind of stuff. So, mm. uh, you know, when coughing and sneezing, try and catch your um, the germs, you know, in a tissue or in a flexed elbow or mm. something like that. So, just being generally um, hygienic uh, when it comes to you know. Uh, uh airborne pathogens like uh coronavirus and influenza and so right forth. you know it it, it it spreads very quickly mm. you know? so um we have to be very careful when it comes to right. our, our personal hygiene ah. you know if somebody does and and it's important not to panic as well that you know it's not it's not something your body can't fight yeah yeah you know? right you, you will get some symptoms yeah but generally speaking you know even even if it's people who have a, a, a generally a compromised immune system yeah that are more likely to you know um you know get seriously harmed by the coronavirus and other viruses, just like influenza you know you have yeah and people who are at risk groups such as pregnant women, mm-hmm. um, the elderly, the children, people with maybe kidney disease and that kind of stuff. All right. But so if you're just a, you know, um, generally otherwise healthy, then you shouldn't, nothing to panic about anything. Okay. Um, you know, it will knock you out for a week or two, but just let the NHS know, you know, call 111 and um, you know, they'll check for the different symptoms and stuff.
1: Okay, uh, doctor Salman was just making a, a valuable uh, a comment, and I just want to pick that up with Doctor Tahir, uh, which is Doctor Tahir. You know, just general advice to to our listeners. I mean, coronavirus or not, right? Having flu, having fever, sneezing, personal hygiene. I mean, these are you know elementary kind of actions that we can take as individuals to make sure that we're a lot smarter and we're a lot wiser the way we actually did with personal hygiene when we have a flu when we're you know sneezing and so on and so forth some general advice around that for, for our listenership on
6: i, th- I think personal um, hygiene is the mainstay of this uh, um, uh, treatment or you can say the prevention um it's very what, important what, what about face masks and there's a big controversy here because the size of the coronavirus some people there is very very small not to get but our latest guideline says that yes if you use face mask mm. um, I had someone um, someone sent me the message today use face mask that will prevent you but I had some uh, conflict information yesterday uh, from uh, WHO but the, because of the size of the um, uh, mask is very uh, size of the coronavirus is s- too small to be um, ah, barred to be by the however I think face mask is a kind of uh, uh, one of the protective measures you can use it and also people they can sneeze if someone sneeze in front of you there mm. should be a, a at least two to three meters distance, um, and if it stays in the metal, if it's in fabrics, it will take few hours to come to mm-hmm. you. But mm-hmm. best thing is to wash. Your, if you come across someone, you wash your hands yeah. and keep yourself isolated, mm-hmm. and do not panic, and just call one one one, and yeah. authorities will come to right, you. Right, right, right we, we don't we, we don't want to you know cause alarm
1: and, and panic out there. Uh, but you know we, we've also got another guest. We've got we've got Mark White in, in in the studio, Mark. So you're you're. Uh, uh, I, f- I forgot what was your background.
5: Oh, so. um apparently paramedic,
1: for oh, paramedic or, yeah, of course that, pa- paramedic yeah. so i mean you, you must have uh, you must have a lot of experience with, with, within your field what's your general observations and
5: uh, uh advice to to our, our listeners on, on on this particular subject yeah i mean i think the other two guests have sort of summed it up really really mm-hmm. well actually mm-hmm. i mean really it's just um not to panic really and mm-hmm. just good personal hygiene you know and mm-hmm. uh, you know like they but the guys have already said really just catching the cold in the tissue and things and you know just keeping yourself hydrated and eating well and you know and just not panic. And if you have any symptoms or you've had any contact with anybody, yeah. Um, just yeah, just stay inside and let the authorities know. Really,
1: keeping help and healthy and fit. Do- doctor? Someone? Uh, some wider implications? Of course, China's almost it seems like it's on lockdown at the moment. Uh, you, you know, mm. uh, you know. Of course, the, the whole Wuhan prov- province is obviously almost under complete rest- restrictions in terms of uh, people going in and com- coming out of there. Well, what, what do you think are the, are the, are the potential implications 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 on uh, or what's uh, currently unfolding with regards to China?
3: Um, I mean again, there's been a lot of uh, (laughs) Conspiracy theories uh, flying around in mind, but um, I think uh, I've heard I've heard experts praising the way the Chinese have been um, uh, You know responding to this and uh, and Despite how worried some people might feel um, there's actually a remarkably low um kind of death count compared to the number of people who've, who've thought to suffer uh, suffer the um the actual um kind of uh, the the infection so um you know it's not as it's not as uh, deadly as and important as some of the for example influenza type viruses have been um so although it's it's you know it's it's a uh, uh, it, it, it has got it is racking up a death toll. I think up to 170 plus now mm. if you look at that against the, the The number of people who've been infected in the order of hundreds of thousands then yeah. so, Thankfully it is quite a low uh, mortality kind of strain. It's not it's not as kind of uh harmful Uh as as some other strains that you know, we have and we get inoculated for um all over the you know even in the, close to home in the uk so mm. um if you look at other uh, you know things that we've been vaccinated against from childhood you know that's um, those things are, are far more if you look at measles if you look at meningitis and uh, these types of things and you know these are these are very um, um uh, dangerous and have a, a, a big big impact on us so we do have uh, vaccinations thankfully for that so that's one of the things that we were talking about in the um, the podcast as well you know that um vaccination is is something very important for generally to to keep up immunity and and be exposed to not kind of um, wrapping up our kids but let them expose be exposed to you know um safe levels of pathogens and germs in the garden and what Mm. so they build up a robust immune system
1: from a young age, Inshallah mm. Okay, that's, that's interesting. I mean, you know, touching upon prevention, uh, <coughs> yeah. Dr. Tahir, right? I mean, of, of course, it's something. It, 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 I mean, disease and 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 viruses and uh, these things are not new. They they, they existed at that's the time true. of you know the beginning that's of true. the history of Islam. That's true. And mm. we, we know in terms of you know epidemics, you know, uh, Umar Ibn Al-Khattab. We know the Prophet Sallallahu You know, a divide with regards to how you actually contain, contain. And, and and prevent, right? And you don't go into an area which is known to have a famine, or, or to have one of you know those types of illnesses. Uh, so, how are you finding the attitudes within within the Muslim communities in terms of prevention, in terms of vaccination? Uh, are, are we are, are, they, are they positive? Uh, are we active in that field, or is, is there still some room for improvement?
6: Oh, I, I think majority of the Muslims, majority of the Muslims, they have got no problems with the vaccination. Right. They understand right. that's very very important for themselves and for yeah. the for the community as well. Mm. However, there were a couple of people, a couple of percentage everywhere. Mm. Not only Muslim community. I'm pretty sure Mark is everywhere in other communities yes, as well. people yeah, they have their yeah. own mind mm-hmm, some people yeah. they say they have some kind of uh, belief or link they, they ah. want to do it ah. but having said on the same note I'll, uh, uh, we must give credit to uh, China the way the way they contain the try to contain the virus mm-hmm. and the people in the same area and also they're not helping themselves they're also helping other countries like other people are sending them the swaps back to them and they're helping them ah. and that's the kind of uh, if you go to in Islamic uh, way of uh, um, controlling epidemics in Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi time, yeah, yeah. they used to do the same thing. Yeah. They used to isolate and contain the whole uh, the the group of people who have got mm. this kind of epidemic in the same area. Mm. So I think they are really good. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure that China has done it and I'm pretty sure that our authorities in the UK, mm. they are quite vigilant and they're going to do the uh, brisk and very effective yeah.
1: work. I, I mean, I mean, you know, Dr. Samar, you know, I can't help but coming back to a lot of these social media messages and of course we know that china's been in the spotlight for a very long time uh and and in particularly uh for the way it's dealt with the Xinjiang muslims uh the you know the uh, the, the concentration camps and where these millions of muslims have been you know ineffectively uh you know being you know almost imprisoned and, and people have been making a lot of analogy between you know what they've tr- the way they're treated Right, those Muslims, are, you know, now what suddenly has turned around and and happened to them, and they've had to force yeah. you know things to do that. I mean, I mean, the two things that are perhaps are not you know to the naked eye linked, right? Uh, but is there is there some is is there some validity to to those kind of analyses and comments? Do you do do you think, in your opinion?
3: Well, I mean, there's no doubt that the Chinese state mm. and uh, the authorities have a, a great deal of. Uh, uh you know crimes to answer for in regards yeah. to our brothers and sisters in east turkistan which they um, took over and uh, calling Xinjiang province uh and the uighur muslims there um but that's it's important not to mix that up with um you know uh, put apportioning blame on just everyday chinese citizens and mm. uh, the crimes of the state just like our own governments in the Western yeah. world, you know, we we as as individual citizens shouldn't be blamed for, uh, you know, held accountable necessarily for crimes of, uh, of those in power. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it, it, we shouldn't um, we shouldn't specify that any any calamity is a speci- specifically a a punishment. For anything else that some people might might be alluding to, Um, although there are you know um, kind of uh, uh, divine laws in the Sunnah of Allah in creation that you know if we as a species, for example, as human beings, you Mm. know if we don't look after our responsibilities when it comes to looking after each other, looking after the animals, looking after the environment, then there will be uh, you know punishment sent. The Prophet said, "You know that uh, be careful that the the punishments that are sent will not just, um, you know, uh, affect the wrongdoers uh, among you. So we, as a species, we have a lot to, you know, answer for. We're we're not doing that well when it comes to looking after the environment. When it comes Mm. to looking after the welfare of animals, for example." So we do seek Allah's protection and Allah's forgiveness for that, and maybe yeah. this is a, a reminder for us to take our stewardship um, of the earth. You know, because in the Islamic kind of metaphysics, the Muslim, the human being is the, the steward of God on earth. Yeah, we have to take this as a as a central. Um, kind of relationship that mediates how we act with uh, vis-a-vis each other the environment animals rather than a a different uh, kind of western um, neoliberal uh, notion of uh, of metaphysics of of human human the human being kind of uh, competing with everything else for scarce resources or conquering nature and that kind of stuff so that kind of philosophy has to be pushed to the side now and, and 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 we need to go back to the I think you know the roots of uh, of regarding ourselves as human beings as stewards of the earth. You know, to right. after the earth, it has rights over us. The animals have rights over us, and uh, and and if we're and if we're not careful, as the Prophet said, for example, if uh, if uh, certain types of sins uh, spread, uh, such as fahisha, mm. then likewise uh, Allah will make cause to spread diseases that you've never. Uh, seen before, right. right? So, not. But we don't say this particular sure, virus is sure. specifically a, a, a punishment for XYZ. But generally speaking, we yeah. must take heed and 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 remember the words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi
1: wasallam. Yep. Okay, Doctor Salman. But thank you very much for your time this evening on on Friday night. i really appreciate it. But unfortunately, we have That's now fine. run out of time. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor Tharshaba. Very quickly, <clears throat> you got about ten seconds. Last, last few few words before we we finish on the story
6: yeah 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 just wondering that if you come across with someone just wash your hands do goggles stay home and call 111 and the authorities will come to you right fantastic thank you very much dr tahir mahmoud
1: Saab and uh, mr mark white last last few quick words
5: yeah yeah exactly as my colleague has just said really yeah just try not to panic i think there's um, a lot of panic for no reason really it's well Um, under control at this stage it's well under control yeah just you know keep yourself healthy keep yourself well and just don't spread the disease really um and take care god bless you thank you very much mark thank you
1: very much for coming into the studio dr taylor and and mark white thank you very much okay okay listeners that was uh, mark white and dr tahir we are going to go into a commercial break we'll be back when we come back we'll be discussing climate and environment until then assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh assalamu alaikum this is atif nawaz and you're listening to an inspire fm podcast Assalamualaikum wa wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban. On this Friday, the 31st of January evening, it's now turned 7 p.m. First hour of the show has already transpired. Uh, we are into the next hour of the show inshallah and We're going to be covering a very very interesting topic. I've got a, a studio full of guests, and we're also going to have some panelists on the, on the phone, and we're going to be speaking to you. Uh, and we are going to be covering climate and environment, right? So it's very interesting topic of course last f- first hour we've been covering uh, a number of different topics and uh, the last one was the coronavirus right update from uh, dr tahir mahmoud dr salman but, and we of course had mark white here in the studio so that was a very interesting topic hopefully that may have or hopefully it did allay some of your fears answer some of your questions if you've got anything in, in particular that may have cropped up in your mind whilst we were discussing that particular subject matter then 01582481822 is the number here in the studio: 2 is the number for your SMS WhatsApp messages, and you can SMS WhatsApp your uh, questions to me, and I can of course get those referred to the experts and get an answer for you. Right, uh, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. Right, uh, so we're going to move on to the to the next story. We're going to move on to the next hour, and the next hour we're going to be discussing environment and climate. Right, so it's probably not as a as a, as a familiar topic as a cricket or football, maybe for a lot of our listeners, right? But it is fast becoming a very important subject matter, very important subject matter. And I tell you what, I've become a lot more conscious of it recently right? Uh, because you know, you're going to the supermarkets now. And then uh, when you go into the supermarket, and you want the carrier bags, and you know, it's not, uh, it's not free anymore, is it? So it means every time you forget your carrier bags, you have to pull out 10 pence, right? Or 5 pence or whatever it is for a carrier bag. So that forces you to become a bit more cognizant of the climate and the environment. All right, so that was the first step. Uh, then I started recently going into the, the Sainsbury's and to the other supermarkets. And then you suddenly see that even they used to give these plastic bags for you to put in your vegetables, and your fruits they've they've even disappeared now Right, so you can't, you don't even get these small bags to actually put your 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 vegetables and your fruits into it. So I thought, okay, well what's this? This is all a you know part of, you know, the environment and the climate, right? And then I used to go to to the gym. I'm I'm, I'm going to start boring my listeners, but and then you used to get a dry bag where you know you, you after you've been for a swim and you you dry your your shorts and you can throw them into the dry bag. But they stopped doing those two because of the environment and the climate. And I'm thinking, for God's sake, the climate environment we're getting everywhere and. Tom, you know, before I introduce you to my listeners, uh, you know, we were here in the studio not too long ago discussing all about these uh, collection, weekly collection to fortnightly collection. And one of the arguments for, that the council was putting forward was about environment, was about recycling, was about, you know, climate change, etc, etc. So even if we are not paying you know attention to it, the, the fact is that the trends and the changes around us are all forcing us to start to recognize this issue of climate and environment change, right? So, uh, you know, our attitudes are being questioned, our attitudes are being challenged, and we're being forced to ask a question in terms of our lifestyles, the way we run our households, the way we utilize some resources, the way we utilize energy, and so on and so forth. At least I am being as an individual, right? So that sets the scene. Hopefully, right. And uh, I want to I want to set the scene for for our listeners. So I, I want to get my thoughts. I want to get the thoughts of my listeners. Have, have your attitudes changed in recent times, or are you the same kind of individual that you were many, many months ago? There's a lot of talk about climate change, there's a lot of talk about the environment. Has that really you know triggered something on your conscience, on your mind? Yes or no. Right? I want to hear your attitudes, whatever they are, whether they're pro or or, or, or or whether they're positive or negative. You know, I want to hear your thoughts. Why are they positive or why are they negative, right? on that note let me now introduce to you uh, my esteemed panelists and, and guests here in the studio right so let me go by uh, you know from the left to the right or maybe i should go from the right to the left actually following the the islamic practice right so uh, on on mic five i have right uh, halima ali yeah right so assalamu Halima, how are you okay of course youth worker and, and climate campaigner yeah <laughs> okay so that that's good and then on mic four i've got zanera uh, well, As-salam, welcome to Friday Night Live and Thank welcome you. to the studio and of course on mic three I have got the one and only uh Tom Shaw, I believe. as alaikum. Yeah, welcome. Councillor Tom Shaw here, Chair of the Cross-Party Climate Change Executive Advisory Board at the Council. That, that, that was a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> but, 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 but welcome to all three of you here in, in, in the studio, right? So we, we've got one hour to discuss climate and, and, and environment, right? So I put the Council, you know, kind of perspective on it, you know, uh, earlier in, in my introduction, which is, you know, a number of initiatives that the Council has taken to force us to look at the way that we're disposing of waste look at the way we're disposing of food look at the, our attitudes and to be start making us a lot more conscientious right and of course that's been forced into yeah, into practice because now you don't have the the the, the freedom of getting a, a weekly disposal you know of your, of your rubbish but a fortnight and that's definitely driven a culture change I would say in a lot of households what's what's been the feedback from from, uh, from yourself uh, there's still some people what. Belong believe that
7: the council made the wrong decision. Some councils in the country have gone to free weekly. Strange enough, it's the older people who believe the council made the wrong decision. The younger people, no matter which school you go into, no matter who you talk to, support it and understand it because they've been fetched up with recycling Mm. in the schools. Mm. Uh, But we've got no choice now. We've all got climate change is possibly uh, the biggest challenge... We face in this generation. Mm. If we don't do something now, it'll be too late. Uh, some stuff is going to have to be done what people want, like yeah. There's some, but other stuff. If you follow what the young people have said from the Luton Young People's Council,
2: mm.
7: they don't think we're going far enough or quick enough. Mm. Uh, which is, uh, I can understand. But you can imagine, I won't say the names of some of the older people from, you know, yeah, sure. what come on this station, what we've had discussions with before. Yeah. But you try and tell them they're not going to be able to use a vehicle as much as they used to, mm. or they've got to recycle more, mm. you know and look at the fuss he made over the bins, imagine yeah. what will come in a few weeks time, or a few months time yeah. or a few years time, yeah. when the whole way of life has got to change basically.
1: Okay, alright, alright, okay fine uh, that, that's a good introduction Tom, okay, I appreciate that, uh, let, let's get an introduction from Halima and Zanera, right, so those of you that are actually uh, watching us live, right, and you're able to do that via, via Facebook uh, you will see I've got two, mashallah uh, young sisters here in, in in the studio right activists uh, when it comes to climate and the environment which is fantastic right i'm very keen to understand you know what's driven that activism within the climate and environment is it you know a genuine concern in terms of okay what's happening with the climate you know the 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 research that is showing you know, you know where we're heading as as a, as a human beings where we're heading as as a as a planet right uh you know and uh it will be also interesting to hear from from our listeners if you've become a lot more cognizant a lot, a lot more <coughs> conscious On 01582481822 get in touch with us want to hear your stories all right so where, where should we start from shall we start from halima you're on my on my right <laughs> so I, i'm gonna always start from 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 you first what, what's uh, what's driven your activism in within the climate and the environment you know sphere
8: um so personally um so i'm a youth worker um yeah. and i would have called myself sort of like a political activist at first right. um but then i realized climate high. climate change is a very political issue right um when we look at the countries who are being targeted um by climate change yeah uh, they are the essentially the poorer countries uh, what we deem as like the global south right. um that's what you know you might have called sort of like the developing countries yeah. um, sort of back in the day yeah. um but you know, so when you think of it in that way, um, the countries who are richer or the global north oh. um, are the ones who are essentially causing climate change. Yeah. Uh, but it's the sort of poorer mm. um, countries who are being affected by it the most. And um, oh. so for me, it was all about it was the human issue. Oh. Um, I've been to talks where they've said, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that environmentalists made was sticking the polar bears image oh. um, as kind of like the image of, of you know, climate climate change essentially yeah, yeah. Um, when it's actually a really human issue yeah. um, and when we think of it in that respect you know then people actually take more note of it mm. so if we look at little facts like you know Pakistan had one of the highest recorded temperatures ever yeah. um, and a lot of our listeners are, you know I know a lot of our listeners are Pakistani themselves mm-hmm. and to think about countries like that where that's their homeland um, it's being affected massively by climate change and yeah. um, you know, we need to put it in that perspective. Mm. Um, I'm also uh, working for a youth leadership charity called Uprising.
1: Right. Um, just before we go on today, yeah? okay. just the first point. First point, because you've already covered a lot, right, in, in in your in your comment. So Imran Khan has obviously referenced recently, you know, about the climate change mm-hmm. and and the changes, you know, the, the impacts on on the glaciers and of, of course mm-hmm. on, on 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 the and, and the wider impact to to Pakistan as a nation. And it's a very interesting point that you mentioned, which is you know government and corporate responsibility well government responsibility mm-hmm. and, and it is the leading nations the, you know, the developed nations that are the, the biggest c- culprits mm-hmm. right perpetrators behind climate you know impact to, to the climate and the environment and probably the the least when it comes to taking responsibility yeah right yeah. And, and and the victims are all the ones the developing nations are, and it seems that when, when the political conversations are going on the the the, the, the book is or the focus on the developing nations to do something about it as opposed to you know you know, the, you, you know the, the the leading nations like America, who's mm. who's a flag a flagrant almost uh, you know violator of, of any protocol and any agreement that's ever been struck on the you know for the for the climate and for the environment. Yeah,
8: definitely, um, yeah. <laughs> I would say uh, in regards to that, yeah. you know, even when you look at the people who are sort of shown as sort of like the climate activist or eco warriors or whatever you want to term them. You see people like Greta Thunberg, you see XR, for example, Um, and essentially it's it's a very kind of white middle-class look that they have, Um, whereas the BME community isn't, you know, highlighted. Um, We even had recently in the news, I think it was over the last week, um, there was a a, a young black teenager. She was actually actually cropped out of a photo um, that was showing, you know, young uh, environmental activist right. um, and she was in that image and she mm. literally was just cropped out mm. um, so that is showing you know there's like a media bias with this um, mm. I was actually asked once Around, it was either the Muslim community or the Asian community, why um, people from that community, why my community essentially, um, don't actually get jobs within the environmental sector. Mm. Um, and I actually asked them, is it that they don't get jobs or they just don't, th- do, is it that they don't get the jobs or don't apply for the jobs? You know, mm. what's the statistics? Mm. Are they actually applying and not getting it or just not applying at all? Mm. And then this person was like, you know, actually, I don't know. Mm. And I said, you know, you need to look at the sort of disproportionality yeah. of um, who's actually represented in all mm. you know all kind mm. of careers in the mm. uk in america and so on
1: okay uh, we're gonna we're gonna come on to some of the uh, uh, to as an uh, just in a minute but you were talking about political activism right you know mm. so so what what does that involve from from day to day in terms of for yourself when you say political activism um
8: so or,
1: I, uh, or climate activism, climate I activism yeah,
8: yeah. Um, so like I said you know I'm a youth worker so my kind of day-to-day job is right. with like a youth leadership charity right. um, my views here today aren't you know representative of the charity they're not like a sure. religious organization sure, sure. Um, but uprising is they have like an environmental um, leadership sort of program so, so is, we is have the
1: name the of an organization uprising. Yes, uprising. Oh,
8: okay. yeah. yeah so um, you know they we run like a sort of uh, program f- to have young people from the age of 18 to 25 right. uh, develop their leadership skills, and yeah. we do like a social action campaign. Right. And with that campaign, we've got a sort of environmental um, sustainability angle to the one that we're doing in Luton currently. Right.
2: Right. Um,
8: so we were actually at Discover Islam Centre earlier this week, right. um, and you, you might have heard of their uh, campaign around um, coats. Right. So they they've got a campaign where if you've got a coat, you can donate it, and yeah. if you're in need, you can. Um, sort of take one, okay. and with that campaign, you know, you look at it and you think it's a social campaign. Right. But if you dig deeper, it's like there's actually a sustainability angle to it, right? Right. Um, because sure. you know, sure. you're not kind recycling, of yeah. yeah, you're recycling yeah. Um, old clothes. Fine.
1: Fine. All right. I, I know zanera has been listening quite patiently, and I, I want to come back to Tom uh, because Tom's only here for, for for half an hour, so I, I want to make the, most of uh, Tom's time whilst he's here in the studio. Zanera, so you, you, you yourself are also uh, you know a climate environment. Uh, an activist, right? Plus a youth worker. What what drove you into into this particular uh, you know uh, in, into this particular area mm. of, of activism, right? Uh, and, and what 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 does your you know work involve, right? So Halima was talking about more about about the global politics, right? Yeah. What about from, for 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 you as an individual?
9: So I actually agree with a lot of what Halima was saying. Is I kind of got involved through like a human uh, charity international development angle kind of looking at the human cost of um, <clears throat> climate change and like environmental issues. Like, I think what we kind of forget is that hu- humans are really vulnerable to changes in the environment. Like if mm. there's a slight change, our food won't grow, for example. And in countries mm. where your likelihood is from growing your own food and like mm. e- feeding your family through that, it's actually really impactful when there's been drought and there's no rainfall. Like, mm. And a lot of these countries, like Heli said, are in the global south, um, what I would say, our countries. So, like, oh. diaspora, I would say, like, again, Pakistan was mentioned, I was born there. I have that connection, but I also know parts of Pakistan um, <coughs> haven't had rainfall <coughs> for, like, eight years. So mm. that's the very real, like, um, effects of climate change. We talk yeah. about it in this country, and yes, mm. we don't f- quite feel it yet, mm. um, but actually what's happening on the front lines is what what they say is like the people who are actually seeing the effects and feeling the effects of climate change Mm. Um, and usually they're not like the most um, like they haven't contributed um, to like environmental degradation in the way sort of some of these more developed countries have so for example again Pakistan because you mentioned Mm. it has only contributed to like 1% of carbon emissions globally yet they are the seventh most vulnerable to climate change and places like Bangladesh for example Mm. like really um, low-lying flooded most of the year now maybe six you know Mm -hmm. half the year is flooded because as sea levels rise people on those islands can't actually survive so it's all of these things it's the connection to those places that Mm -hmm. make me sort of feel like kind of frustrated as well so like Halima said that the movement looks very white. You know, we put different poster people on, like not saying anything about their intentions. I'm sure they've got Mm. great intentions, but Mm. actually even things like from our own community, being called an (laughs) eco-warrior, like you (laughs) asked me if you could call me that on the show. I feel like things like that actually put you in a box where people can't relate to you because then you're seen as this hippie person. But actually, if you look down to the roots of it, it's a very Islamic issue. Um, Things like waste and things like justice, all of that is disrupted when you, look at how people are being affected and Mm. people are already dying you know people are already Mm. being um leaving islands that they can't live on anymore Mm. because of climate change like it's it's basically change in the environment that so many people are vulnerable to and they can't survive it all
1: right so we've got about eight minutes left I i want to give that to tom and then i want to come back to you sisters in the second half half an hour, to because we've looked at the global context and we've mm-hmm. looked at you know uh, you know what's happening at an international level, what are the impacts of that? Uh, let, let's you know break that down into you know action and what does that mean for mm-hmm. us uh, living in Luton, uh, us as families, as an indi- individuals, and, and and let's join the dots, yeah, okay. to, to, to give them a full picture. All right, Tom, uh, t- over to you. Thanks for for being so patient and listening to the ladies.
7: I agree with everything they've
1: said. I
7: mean, we can my own personal belief is that foreign aid yeah. should be tied to climate change
2: mm.
7: and job employment... For, jo- foreign aid? Foreign aid right? should be tied to climate change and jobs uh, within the climate change industry.
2: Yeah.
7: I mean, we can... Assist, you've got some of the countries out the ones you mentioned Pakistan, Kashmir, uh, India. Imagine what had happened if you could do away with all the nuclear energy out there, Mm. and that foreign aid went to solar panel, wind farms, and everything else. Mm. It'd make a massive difference to those countries Mm. locally. I mean. It's a very worrying world when you've got someone like Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement. Yeah. That is scary for anyone what's interested in climate change, because it's like the most powerful man in the world saying, well, really, I'm not too bothered about it. I'm more interested in the coal industry in my country yeah. than I am in climate change. Locally, we can only affect the local stuff. Yeah but that's just as important if every council in the country decided to go for carbon zero by uh, carbon neutral by 2040 that would be a massive step right, forward right.
1: J- just, just just let's just hang on there tom right carbon zero by twenty forty. 24 carbon neutral carbon neutral what, what, what does that mean uh, you what just, it means is down for, 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 for all listeners.
7: the good stuff you, all the bad stuff you put in the atmosphere there's a good stuff going into the atmosphere as well so uh-huh. it balances itself out If right. it's like uh, electric vehicles the council's looking now at changing all its own fleet right. to an electric fleet mm. costs an absolute bucket loads of money. Yeah. So we're looking for a cheaper way to do it. Right. The airport, uh, a lot of councils up and down the country excluded the airport yeah. from their climate change reports. Right. Manchester, Liverpool, just excluded. Loot and we thought, well, we can't really do that. Mm. The airport needs to be part of that. And mm. um, You know, we say about jobs, if the airport gets extension, another 7,000 jobs up there. Right. But we need to make sure those jobs... Are clean jobs mm. and green jobs up there. Right. One of the big ones what affects you going back to an old argument we've had on this station before, what affects you your own personal self is recycling
2: Yeah.
7: because even though we've gone to fortnightly bin collections, yeah. we're still taking 60,000 tonnes of rubbish right. a year to the tip yeah. or to the incinerator. Mm. If you can cut that down, it on it's not only good for the atmosphere, right. but what it does, it means Luton will be able to spend the money instead of paying ninety six pound a ton right. for burying stuff in the ground. Yeah. It'll be able to spend the money on other services, mm. and that's a that would be a massive step forward for us. But it's one of the things we're looking at is, and I'll be quite open and honest with you, is town centre businesses get charged for having vit- for their employees driving into the town Right. all the money from that what we're looking for is uh, to invest in a Luton council bus service
2: mm.
7: on the routes we want it to go on right. on electric vehicles right. instead of all the money going into it on the routes of Riva want and all the money all the profit going off to Reva shareholders. shareholders yeah, yeah. by doing it that way
2: right.
7: we, can, we can do our own little bit in Luton if everyone else does it It'd be brilliant. Hmm. But a lot of these councils up and down the country, and I've been spending a lot of time reading their reports, have declared a climate change emergency and then found the report in the bin. Which is going to do no one any good at all
1: right tom very quickly i've got Kamran com- Shazad shahzad on on the phone i want to take him for a couple of minutes before we go into that uh, commercial break uh, in in about five minutes times but i just want to give you the last minute or so a- any other practical <laughs> steps that you know the, the you know our, our local residents in luton or any uh, any of the other towns that are listening today can take yeah. to help you within you know climate and if, you know, if, yeah. if, if, if
7: you're if you Uh, living in a low-poverty household where you're renting, get your landlord to have a look and see if there's any insulation grants available so you can get your house insulated up to a level what dealt with climate change. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're still using coal uh, coal guy, coal sorry for your fire get yeah. your landlord to see if there's any other forms of eating what they'll prepare to put in. Yeah. The council itself is gonna take one big step and actually change the local plan. Right. And by changing the local plan up in the insulation levels and everything else, yeah. that'll help all new new properties. Right. But what we've got to look for, one of the big and it's a report gonna I'll announce it here, <laughs> it's gonna be announced on Monday in Luton. Right. And it's called private sector licensing, where every rented private sector property in the town is going to have to be registered with the council. and part of that and you say officially it will be launched on Monday Mm -hmm. part of that will be that you will insulate your houses properly and everything else to stop the greenhouse gases escaping from the property
1: Right Tom Shaw on on that note Councillor Tom Shaw thank you very much for joining us here in the studio this evening I know you have to go anyway so I'm going to let you go a couple of minutes early because I need to go to Kamran (laughs) Shahzad who's been very patiently waiting for me uh, for the last couple of minutes thank you very much Tom uh, for for joining us this evening Kamran Shahzad Jazak can I for your patience Uh, again I've got a a bio here sustainability lead for the Bahu Trust uh, and climate change advisor to the to some of the organizations very passionate about yeah, the, the environment and the climate change and I, I understand you've been involved with quite a few projects potentially I think were you involved in, in the late, latest project in Cambridge Massage, Massage too, also? No, no, no. Oh, that's, you wasn't?
10: that nothing to do with me. No. Oh, all
1: right, fine, Sorry. fine. Right, on. Uh, t- t- tell us your background and, and how you've got involved into into this into this area.
10: Okay, first of all, to all the listeners, Assalamualaikum Alaikum warahmatullahi Um And you've actually been patient with me because I've, I should have been here earlier. Yeah. Uh, my own uh, professional background in international development right. um, for almost 20 years now, I've been doing charity work um, with a, uh, a Muslim... NGO right. um, and it was when when I was working there in the field um, especially in East Africa I came across this where I came to realize uh, quite quickly that all the work we do with poor people everything really um, is revolved around the environment
2: mm. so
10: you can do as many interventions or as much work as you like but if you're not protecting their natural resources, mm. you're not really successful. And I'll just give you an example. Um, you know, we'd spend hundreds and thousands of pounds building water wells, yeah. um, uh, only for them to dry out in a c- couple of years' time.
2: Right.
10: And there was there was one particular region where we then did some research, looked into why they were drying out, and then um, and it's because there was mass deforestation taking place and not far away. And so then you come to think, actually, we need a forest management system Mm. uh, to safeguard the water in the first place. So that's where my whole journey about environmentalism and everything started. And then also when I was talking to uh, the local local villages, they were talking to me about from an Islamic perspective...
1: Okay, come, Kamran, we're we gonna, gonna, we're gonna. Cu- cu- hopefully, you're gonna hold on, and we're gonna, we're gonna come back to you because we're gonna go into a mandatory uh, commercial break. Are, are you, are you all right to hold for a couple of minutes?
10: Yeah. Go oh for
1: fantastic. It. All here. right. So um, I'm, 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 sorry, but we have to go into this uh, commercial break, right? So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Inshallah, we're gonna put you on hold. Uh, but listeners, that we, we've got uh, Kamran Shazad, who's the sustainability lead for the Bahu Trust. We've got uh, sisters Halima and Zanera here in the studio, and we are. Dis- Discussing environment, climate special uh, for for one hour this this evening. Uh, when we come back in a couple of minutes, I want to start looking at you know our local attitudes, our household attitudes, our individual attitudes. Are we beginning to take this subject matter seriously? That's what we're going to be discussing when we come back. Don't go away. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Until then, alaykum.
0: You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. Making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire fm.
1: Assalamu alaikum, warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaba. On this Friday, the 31st of January evening. Uh, we've just gone past 730 pm and we have now gone into the last half an hour of the show this evening. 01582 is the number here in the studio. Uh, I wanna get I wanna hear from my listeners. 0158248182. We're discussing a very interesting topic and the sisters I've got in the studio i have got some interesting observations and comments that we're gonna be discussing in the next half an hour. I definitely want to hear from some of you guys I want to know I want to know what your attitudes and what your thoughts are with regards to our current practices when it comes to climate and environment versus you know what our parents used to do maybe subconsciously or maybe just materialistically they wanted to save that extra pound or penny but you know what it also had a lot of benefits when it came to the climate and the environment and we've got a very disposable attitude and mentality today when it comes to the younger generation right at least that's what I've observed oh five two four eight one eight double two is the number here in the studio zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two where are you texters and your whatsapp and you know, the people oh, those of you that love your whatsapp messages speaking of which we have got a, another message from uh, brother Hamza Atiq. okay great points by everyone I was just about to ask what we can do as a community but Tom earlier literally hit the nail on the head fair enough all right fantastic all right so let's go straight into the conversation and let's go straight to come around uh, and let's go to, straight to uh, Halima and let's go straight to Zanera right so I, I want to bring this conversation from this global and international dimensions right to right to, to the local we looked at what the implications are internationally globally we've looked at you know you know realistic right you know something that was close to all of our, our, our a lot of our listeners which is Pakistan India Bangladesh mm-hmm. and how climate change has a direct proportional impact to to those lands Africa East Africa a lot of lot Lot of us are from those areas of, of, of the world right uh, and and we know the major culprits are the are, are the, are the governments and the corporates and, and you know we've had that conversation uh, to, to some extent in in the first half an hour I want to bring it to now at a local level right Uh what do we do as individuals? You know, how do we, you know, change our attitudes? How do we change our practices? You know, are we changing attitudes? Are we changing practices? I mean, for example, you know, I've seen that the massages are becoming a lot more conscious in terms of w- water wastage and even some of the, you know, a lot of them used to use tissues and they've stopped using tissues. They've gone for other solutions which are a lot more uh, environment kind of climate friendly. I'm sure some of those massages are looking at it from an economic <laughs> perspective, not from an environment climate perspective. But those are the kind of questions, right? That I want you to look at. Let's start delving into some specifics, shall we? All right? Uh, where should we start from? Shall we start from uh, from you, Halima? I think you've been uh, a patient the longest. <laughs> Let's go with, with, um, with you. Anyway.
8: Yes, yeah, so something that you mentioned about uh, kind of what I, in. Our parents did in their generation yeah and i know a lot of people sort of youngsters would laugh at it when we, yeah. you know when we were young yeah. was things like plastic boxes or plastic dubbing yeah. <laughs> um having you know we are used to sort of going to the freezer and seeing like um, an ice cream box but yeah. inside it is curries frozen yeah. uh, um yeah. and you know those sort of um right. chocolate boxes with like i don't know bits and bobs inside them and yeah. you know although we laughed at it back in the day that yeah. is something that kind of mentality is something that we need to kind of go back to um, right. and not you know but, but dispose it, of everything but,
1: but is that is that just not fashionable i mean today i mean i i am actually tired of the amount of you know and this is all about the corporate consumer culture where you've you got bags for everything bags for sandwiches bags for this bags mm. for that and we've we've, we've 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 you know almost now gone into a culture of disposable this disposable that and everything is disposable right which obviously that means we're using more natural resources mm. right and you know and that seems to be you know the trend in in a lot of our households right so is, is that a bit old fashioned for us to go back to the tiffins
8: I think that's what kind of we need to do. We need to go back to that, Mm. um, to be able to actually start reusing stuff as opposed to just using it once and just, you know, throwing it away. Um, Even when it comes to fashion, I know we mentioned it slightly, but this whole um, fast fashion industry, it's a booming industry, but if you think about it, you know, you're wearing a certain item of clothing you think it's out of fashion and then people end up throwing it away. They should be, you know, recycling it, going into giving them to charity shops or just stop buying like that many in the first place.
1: Alright, Zanera, Z- I-, I don't know if you're gonna understand this, but do you know what a talkie is?
9: <laughs> uh, uh, so, I feel like I've heard of it yeah, before what is a so, yeah, taqi
1: exactly. some of my listeners will, will, will understand that right so back in the days you just had a, a cloth right which you used for cleaning and mm. nowadays you've got a wipe which is for the floor a wipe for, which is for the tops a wipe which is for specifically for the, do you mean kapra kapra? Kapra, yeah, kapra, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> kapra yeah exactly right so you, you know it was that recyclable attitude of using a kapra or, or a taki, right and now you've got a, a wipe for every single item in the household which is completely different again that corporate consumer culture you know which is driven you know you, you go and buy this and go on by that Th- those are the kind of attitudes what, what, what are some of the examples that you want to share yeah with, with, with our listeners
9: um so you mentioned at the start of the of the show about like how there was plastic for everything and now we, mm. we don't have any of it let mm. me just kind of like break that down and put it into perspective so plastic is made from comes from crude oil right um, there's a whole process to get to create a product of plastic right you extract minerals you create something from it it goes into production there's people involved um, and then if it's a plastic bottle or if it's a plastic wrapper on your sandwich for example you use it once and mm. then you chuck it away now the thing with plastic is that it's gonna be around way 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 longer than we are so plastic because it's like changed and it's become this new material, it doesn't actually bio, um, break down, it doesn't uh, decompose, um, it's not biodegradable so mm. essentially all it does is break down into tiny tiny pieces um, ends up in our water supply, ends up in our oceans which we're probably seeing around you know the plastic mm. ocean, David Ad- mm. Attenborough yeah,
2: <laughs> documentary,
9: exactly. etc. Yeah. Um, but also I think there's like research to show that even babies being born like have some sort of like le- le- levels of plastic in them because it mm. turns into such tiny pieces that the, the human eye can't see, ends up in our water supply and we drink that so we've I guess we've like we've destroyed the earth so much that plastic is everywhere and Mm -hmm. plastic never fully goes away now we spoke a bit about recycling I just want to kind of say like recycling is not the answer it's one step towards (laughs) um you know this this culture of waste that we live in so recycling something so if I'm recycling a bottle it's not going to turn into mm. the exact same product that, that it sure. was before actually yeah. every time you recycle it loses quality and it goes down in quality so you can only really recycle something two or three times yeah. or maybe four times mm. before it has to go into waste anyway okay. so the answer is not to keep using the same amount of plastic and then recycling it and feeling like it's all okay mm. because actually what we need to do is look at how much plastic we're using right. cut down and we don't even need yeah. I mean for example uh, mustards you mentioned mustards uh, right uh, they fundraise and in um, Ramadan like everyone will get a water bottle yeah, now, yeah. You're really using that bottle like maximum an hour if you're going to yeah. drink it slowly. Yeah, yeah. That will go and that will take what 500 years um, yeah. to biodegrade. Yeah. Um, so what? So a tip on that actually, why don't we look at it differently? Instead mm. of buying, well, I mean, water. Yes, it's charity. We can give it. To, we can get reward from it. Yeah. But will we st- will we actually be getting reward oh. if it's going into waste? Yeah. So it, my tip on that, let me yeah. just kind of to tell on, you. So my on. tip on that for mm. masjid is, if you're going to fundraise and you want to give mm. out water, mm. why don't you fundraise and install a water fountain in your mm. masjid, right? Mm. And you encourage people to either bring a bottle. or or give cups Mm. and that way you're actually cutting down the culture Mm. of waste of Mm -hmm. like single use and it's more it's more Islamic if you think about it we're reusing I agree Cutlery. We're using yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. We can yeah. we can look at it differently. Yeah. Like we we don't want easy simple fixes. We want yeah. things that make sense sure. that are not going to harm sure. the environment in the long term. All
1: right, all right. I really appreciate that. But you know, I've got two guests <laughs> on, on, on on the on the phones. Very very patient. Uh, Kamran's been you know almost waiting now for ten minutes. So Kamran, I really apologize uh, for for your wait, uh, Kamran. Shut up. But let, let's come back to you, Kamran. Uh, you know, tell us more about your work and, and how you're promoting you know the environment and the kind of climate awareness uh, in some, with some of the institutions that you're working with there uh, come around okay
10: uh, first of all I just want to say ditto to what the sister said earlier because I think she hit the nail on the head right that recycling isn't the way forward um, reducing and reusing is, is
1: right. the way forward reducing uh, and reusing
10: yeah Good. because Recycle just gives an excuse to buy more things, yeah um, and it costs to recycle while reducing and reusing reusing is a sunnah of the prophet Wasallam. Right. you know he led a very simplistic life right. um, and and I just want to add to that um, that one of the key things that we need to do is we need to change our own mindset hmm.
2: um,
10: and I want to give an example of last year just before Ramadan right. um, I saw a meme uh, of um you all know what a meme is, yeah? <laughs> um, so, and it was um, a meme. A meme. In, uh, meme. <laughs> in Ramadan. So it's a caption, it was a picture of some Ramadan sales, right. like a month before Ramadan in, 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 uh, in Asda. And right. the caption read, when, uh, when uh, capitalism is more prepared for Ramadan than you are.
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
10: Mm. And and it's so true. They know that we're gonna target your mentality, yeah. and we're gonna get you to buy a whole load of things before yeah. Ramadan. Because yeah. we we've lost our connection
1: with the earth. Yes. And I suppose that now leads to. I was gonna I say, come on, we've lost up. we've lost our connection with humanity. Never mind Earth, right? I, I mean, I'm sure some of my listeners are gonna be thinking of mm. you know, uh, humanity comes first, yeah. and we've kind of uh, become desensitized to what's happening with human beings. Never mind the Earth, right?
10: But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, a big part of what I do is, I'm not a big fan of telling people what to do and what not to do. Right. Um, What's your what philosophy then, Cameron? My philosophy is tap into your values, make the connection between the earth and the Qur'an yes. and the Prophet, peace be upon him. Fantastic. We, and all this eco stuff and environmental mm. stuff and eco ecomos, this is not new. I mean, yes. we're arrogant when we think we're being eco. Yes. If you look at the way things were a hundred years ago, everything was naturally eco. Yes,
1: yes, Some now,
10: now when we do things, so i I'm think it's a very good to, point. Yeah, when, uh, mm. you know, so part of what I'm trying to do is tell, is, relate because i guarantee you i challenge you open any page in the quran and there will be a reference to nature
1: yeah uh, the creation you know? of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i totally agree uh, come on just 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 let me pause you for a moment and let me go to my other guest who's equally been pa- as patient uh, and i'm going to try to get the name correct first time cat for sure that will help me a lot team managers sustainable development and transport thank you very much for joining us cat this evening Hello. Hi. So, it's so, a
11: pleasure so, to
1: listen in the conversation. Uh, so, so sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm sure it's a pleasure, but also thank you very much for your for your patience. Can, tell tell us more about your work and your involvement in in, in this uh, environment and climate kind of a uh, sphere, and um, and how 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 you fit into this uh, discussion. Uh, so I've worked for Luton Borough Council for the right.
11: last 11 years. I've been involved in a number of environmental projects I started off as climate change officer and I've got a privilege uh, to manage a number of uh, very dedicated teams now dealing with sustainable drainage, flood risk, sustainable transport and I'm the council uh,
1: operational lead on climate change. Wow. So, okay. okay, big portfolio there. Can uh, uh, g- give us g- give us yeah. some practical tips for for our listeners. I mean, we've discussed a lot about the theory. We've d- discussed a lot about the concepts. Yeah. yeah let, let's talk about some practicalities. We've got about ten minutes left, right? So I want to I yeah. want our listeners to go away with a very clear set of actions. You know, a, a, a clear kind of attitudes that they can change. The changes that they can bring into their lives. That that would you know. Help help Uh, and especially what I like this 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 is phrases from come about reducing reusing probably some of the the sisters in the studio that have used that of your phrase something that can you know resonates around uh, around that messaging
11: I definitely agree with the reducing and uh, reusing and respecting your resource yeah because this is what the national experts are advising as well right the reducing resource and especially food waste is very important. Right. Uh, the messages that are coming from the national experts are also saying about swapping animal-based foods for vegetable-based foods. If everyone would do it one day a week, yeah. it would be an equivalent of planting 50
1: million trees. Wow. What, 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 what's, that, what's that practically? What, what does that mean, uh, Kat? So swap a meat
11: Ah, The meat-based, okay. Yes, the meat-based meal, like you know, you beef,
1: lamb, dairy,
11: for a vegetable meal.
1: So, so your That's your your, your message your message is almost for me because I'm I'm a big meat fan. So what you're saying <laughs> is st- stop eating too much meat and and introduce more veget vegetables in your in your diet.
11: Exactly, which, which is good for be my health, for and, your and you're health telling me as well.
1: exactly. So it's good for my health and it's good for my wealth because it's a lot cheaper, <laughs> and it's good for the environment. Is what you're telling me. And the climate.
11: Exactly.
1: Precisely so. And
11: he another hugely important aspect that Councillor Shaw has also touched upon is public transport sustainable transport pu- because
1: the pu- car public transport... transport right so so okay yeah. so encouraging our listeners toward more towards public transport more towards walking it you know what again something walking, that
11: I... cycling yeah cycling Very okay so. I, I i like but that also, i like that yeah also list sharing with your friends family or co-workers because right. that is good for the social fabric as well
1: i think lift, lift sharing is a good idea I, I think my neighbors might get annoyed if i keep asking them for lifts but i, I, I like that as a, as a, as once a suggestion a
11: week. <laughs> well,
1: once a week okay fair enough it yeah
11: that small and then develop
1: yeah it's like when we, yeah. when you go for salah for example you go for Zuhr, for, for i'm going my neighbor's going the, mm-hmm. the other guy's going down the road and we're all taking our own cars Mm. Why don't we yeah. jump into the same car and go for salah and then come back? Carpooling. Yeah, carpooling, right? And, so and, and I, 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 just, I like that as an idea. Come on, stop, go on, go on, come Yeah, on.
10: yeah I was just going to add to that. There's a hadith of the Prophet peace be yeah. upon him that says the person that walks the furthest to the mosque yeah. is the
1: one that's rewarded the most. I, so I thought, thought you were going to say so that, that Kamran. Right? Like you want me to walk? Up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, g- no, good. I, 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 I want to keep this flow of ideas coming because I've got a, a very lengthy message <laughs> that's come through from uh, Mr. Mr. Bigam. I'm going to try to read that. Alright, c- continue Kat, let's continue okay, with some so of these fantastic my ideas. My
11: other message would be, we there is um, a number of, of emissions or, or impact that we will have on the planet.
2: Right. So just
11: to counter that, plant Planter 3 is done or, or gift someone. A tree plant. Don't don't give them more stuff. Don't buy them more toys that are probably unnecessary. So so buy plant them the what? Tree. Buy them what?
1: A tree plant. Trees. Yeah, like yeah. plants. Yeah. So, gift sorry? like gift a plant, gift plant. Of like... Ah, gift a plant. Yeah. That that's a very good yeah. idea. I like that well, there idea are actually. And, and get, get and, there are charities out there. T- okay. The okay. charities
11: okay. out there who will plant trees for you if you don't have if you don't have the place.
1: Yeah, I I mean you know what I've I've just got a very interesting comment that's come through. I want to read it. It's a bit lengthy, but let me let me just read it because she says Alaikum, I'm really glad to hear the show addressing climate change issues. Right, it's high time that we as a community stepped up, played our part in the in conserving the planet and its resources for our children and grandchildren, inshallah. Can you link the topic to our Islamic values of avoiding excess, right? So come around, something for you to think about, right? Can we link our discussion to Islamic values of avoiding excess, in in this case through waste? Avoiding extravagance is mentioned in the Qur'an and in various hadiths, waste, especially food, is discouraged. I think remembering that it should be part of our characters as Muslims to avoid waste and use resources in a mindful and responsible way. Jazakallah, Mrs. Bacon. fantastic. Very, very very nice nice message there. Come around, Sam, did you did you did you hear that? Yes,
10: I did, and he again he's hit the nail on the head. There are plenty. I mean there, there's um I mean you would know better than me, Washrabu Wala In Nahula, Yuhibul, So eat and drink, but uh, do not waste for so Allah does not like the wasters. Um, yes. Um yes. Also in Surah Rahman, Surah Rahman says, yes. You know, which of the blessings yes. uh, of Allah will you deny? So Allah yes. is not telling us, Allah is saying, I've given you mm. everything to enjoy. Yeah. But in the same Surah, Allah talks about the balance. Yeah. That what you take with one hand, yes. you give back with the other. Yeah. Don't keep taking. Yeah. So that balance, the mizan, is yes. a huge part Which you know The sustainability yes. So Allah is very clear About extravagant And wasters Right And we don't even realise We we are producing And creating things Just to throw away Yes Without even realising Yes you, you mentioned this earlier I
1: heard you You yes. mentioned that Yes. No, I really appreciate that. Okay, Kamran uh, Shazad, thank you very much for joining us this evening on the Friday Night Live. Unfortunately, we, we are running out of time, Thank so you. I, I want to thank you uh, early and thank you very much for your time this evening, Kamran
10: Shah. Thank you very
1: much. Any any final thoughts and, and uh, suggestions to our listeners before uh, heating your house is
11: hugely important. Yeah. And has a very high impact on the carbon footprint do uh get the heating control right Right. i know they're sometimes complicated and we don't pay attention Maybe dropping it's the temperature by a couple of degrees would be acceptable uh perhaps wear warmer clothes
1: perhaps wear warmer clothes at home so you don't need to put keep the heating on all the time too perhaps exactly Mm. i'm Uh, a a bit guilty of that i have to to admit
11: Some of the energy company offers would offer support okay. for lower-income households okay. to put extra insulation, uh, loft insulation is the most cost-effective and right. it's got greatest results. Uh, cavity wall insulation offers are also available. Okay, um, saving water, hot water especially, right. huge impact on your carbon footprint again, okay. and on your energy bills too.
1: All right, fantastic. Kat, thank you. On that note, thank you very much. We've just got the last couple of minutes left for the the guests in the studio. But really appreciate your time this evening. Have a lovely weekend and, and a lovely evening.
11: Pleasure. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much, Kat. Okay, that was Kat uh, joining us, and she was the Team Manager, Sustainable Development and Transport on behalf of Luton Council. Right, uh, I want to come straight to my uh, guests here in the studio. Again, you've been very patient listening to our guests on, on the phone. We've got about five minutes left. All right, so we need to wrap all of that up in in, in, in the next five minutes uh, with a clear, succinct uh, message. Uh, Halima, let's go to you. Yeah, so I've
8: got two kind of clear points I want okay. to kind of raise. All right, so cool. one of them is about the Islamic concept of stewardship. Yeah. Um, and this, I, I understand, is a Christian concept as well, yeah. um, to actually kind of, um, you know, the whole kind of eco-environmental that we're kind of talking All right, about. So
1: Islamic stewardship is, is you know, uh, uh, just for our listeners that you know we are representatives of Allah Subhanahu mm. Wa Taala, uh, accountable, responsible individuals, and we have a responsibility, right? So th- yeah. that's what we're saying. Okay. Well, um, and
8: I think a place that has done that really well is Cambridge University, not Cambridge University, Cambridge Mosque. Sorry. Okay. okay. Um, and so they've actually um, have got the first Europe's first eco mosque, as it's right, kind of been termed. Right. Um, so they've done. Uh, initiatives such as you know sort of capturing the rainwater to kind right. of um reuse that sort of like you know when we're doing do and so on right. um they've even got like an energy efficient efficiency room right. um so i think little things like that if you know most can start implementing yeah, yeah. um and um the other thing is instead of just reducing and reusing yeah um we need to have prevention and investment as well wow. um so, so you just
1: introduced prevention, prevention and, and, imbe- yeah, and investment yeah,
8: um, and i think one of the key things is, so, for example, we mentioned about food wastage, yeah. um, if we have uh, food sort of compost bins, yeah. you know if we invest in that like it could be yeah. community ones, it could be yeah. one per street, or however you know yeah. people want to implement this, um that's one step, yeah. and then the other one is about transport. Yeah. And I think it's a really unfair statement to kind of when people are sort of pushing about public transport mm-hmm. when public transport isn't feasible mm-hmm. um so at the moment, you know um We have a very, very poor public transport system. The buses um, are not very regular. And telling people to walk, you know, there's a lot of people who've got mobility or disability issues. So walking for them isn't always an option. There's places in Luton,
1: uh, not pool sharing, car car sharing. So car
8: car sharing, but also when it comes to public transport, it needs to be made better. We need investment in that. Exactly. At the moment, if you look at uh, different wards in Luton, where the uh, buses don't run after Mm -hmm. like 7 p.m. or the buses don't run uh, on Sundays, I've got friends who say they can't come out on a certain day because there's no buses that run. So the amount of people spending money on taxis just because there's no other alternative. It's actually cheaper for some parts in Luton to actually take taxis than it is to actually get, you know, buses. Two because, buses or so, whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's been places where I've had to travel for about two hours just to get from one end to another end in Luton. Right. Um, I think that, that was a good point that we should you know, have mentioned to the
1: council representatives about better public transport. Yeah. But but Halima, you, you've mentioned some fantastic points. You know, it would be really interesting to get a, a, a massages. you know, and, and their input because, you know, when it comes to Ramadan, when it comes to Iftar time, when it comes to a lot of the other functions, you know, we, we again, a lot of plastic plastic being used Back in the days, there used to be one, uh, sh- uh, you know, whatever, a tray, and people would sh- eat together collectively mm. from that tray. It built the spirit of brotherhood. It also, you know, allowed, you know, less wastage, and it also ensured, you know, that all of this recycling mm. business, it doesn't have to happen. unites and people, I- you know. It unites people, but the trend has gone in the opposite direction, right? We've got two minutes left, and I want to bring in Zanera before we, we end the show, and I've got a comment that's coming to Zanera. Mm.
9: Um, I think a lot of things we mentioned, like, yeah, it's not an easy... I don't. It, I think we should forget that it's gonna be easy. We actually need to really look at within ourselves and mm. we're gonna have to change our lifestyles. Like we need to stop going for convenience and actually put that extra effort in to keep the world in balance like we're warned to do. And if not, mm. like in the Quran, like if not, we, we know there'll be disrupt, um, destruction. Mm. So simple things like not, buying plastic bottles of course sometimes you make mistakes that's fine just invest in a reusable one mm. invest in a reusable coffee cup like people have a coffee every day some people yeah. on the go like if you invest in a reusable one think about in a year how much are mm. you saving right mm. and that's just mm. one person if we all yeah. do it it's great yeah. um also coffee cups aren't actually recyclable because recyclable they have like a plastic film inside right. so where some things we think are recyclable they're not. Yeah. Um, Things like I mentioned, like if we're fundraising, if we want to give charity for water, let's stop thinking about plastic, let's mm-hmm. try and think about reusable alternatives or let's start thinking about other materials that aren't All as right. destructive. Um car sharing like five mentioned. seconds um, I also want to say so most people are affected by um, sort of air pollution are yeah. the youngest people in society right. so that are, are kids because of the yeah. fumes mm-hmm. so actually most people drive um, for a journey they could actually be walking and so stop driving as much and start taking public transport where you can and start walking
1: Alright, fantastic. Thank you very much uh, Halima and Zunera. I mean I've got very late messages. Taj Aslam, I am affiliated with Masjid Bilal and would be quite interested in more information about the Eco Masjid ideas. Alright, get in touch. Hamza um, Atik also sending in messages uh, very late now about you know it costing a lot more money, needs to be affordable etc. But unfortunately we have run out of time and it was fantastic conversation that we've had on the environment and the climate change. Uh, especially over the last hour. You know, do tune in and listen to the show and anyone who wants further ideas and further suggestions then please get in touch with the radio and we will put you in touch with the experts uh fantastic uh homera uh, halima thank you very much for joining us in, in the studio it's been fantastic uh and listeners thank you very much for contributing in today's discussion today tonight's show it's been really really good to get your uh, contributions and, and your thoughts and your opinions and unfortunately until next week it is assalamualaikum warahmatullahi barakatuh from from all of us here in the studio
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspirefm Luton.